section sixteen of in old plantation days by paul lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain a lady's slipper on that particular night in june it pleased miss emily stuart to be gracious to nelson spencer robert curtis was away attending court at the county seat and really when one is young and beautiful and a woman it is absolutely necessary that there should be some person upon whom to try one's charms so the lady was gracious to her ardent but oft-rejected lover she was sitting on the step of the high veranda and he a little below her her tiny foot shod in the daintiest of slippers swung dangerously near him she knew that he was looking admiringly at the glimpse of pointed toe which now and then he got from beneath her skirt and it pleased her she was rather proud of that pretty aristocratic foot of hers not so much because it was pretty and aristocratic as because it was hereditary in the family and belonged by right of birth to all the stuarts it was a warm soft night a night just suited for love and dreams the sky like a blue-black cup inverted seemed pouring a shower of gems upon the earth and the breeze was laden with the sweet smell of honeysuckle and the heavier odour of magnolia blossoms they were not talking much because it wasn't worth while after an extended period of silence he looked up at her and sighed perhaps because he wanted to maybe because he couldn't help it what are you sighing for she asked oh just at the beauty of things why that should make you smile not always if there is sometimes a grief too deep for tears there is at others a joy too great for smiles you ought to have been a poet nelson you are so sentiment spare me that no i shall not you are sentimental to the last degree oh well i may be if it is sentimentality to be willing to grovel in the dirt for a lady's slipper then i am sentimental emily stuart laughed you know you would look very ridiculous grovelling in the dirt would you really do it for my slipper yes i'll put you to the test then you shall have my slipper when i see you grovel he hesitated what she laughed am i too literal no he said i mean what i say and he leaped from the porch to the road beyond and fell upon his knees in the dust of the carriage-way the spectacle amused emily and disgusted her no little a woman pretends that she wants a man to abase himself before her but she never forgives him if he does well he knelt there in the road she thought how differently robert would have acted under the circumstances instead of grovelling he would probably have said i'll be hanged if i do and she rather liked the thought of his saying that she knew that so far as brains went robert could not compare with nelson she knew too that the wisest man has the greatest capacity for making a fool of himself after an interval nelson arose from his position and came back to the veranda i claim my reward he said do you think you can rightly call that grovelling yes without a doubt then you shall not go unrewarded and turning she went into the house to return with a slipper a dainty little beribboned thing which she handed to him 
she was quite used to his extravagant protestations and only thought to put a light significance upon his words she was unprepared then to see him put the slipper into his pocket as if he really meant to keep it the evening passed away and though they talked much no reference was made to the slipper until he rose to go then emily said has your desire for my slipper been sufficiently satisfied oh no he replied i shall keep this as the outward sign and the reward of my abasement you are really not going to keep it oh but i am you gave it to me i did not mean it in that way the sight of me grovelling there in the road i gave you to remember for all time and the gift that i ask in return is a permanent one and it is of no use for me to argue with you none nor plead no very well said emily with a vain effort at calmness i wish you joy of your treasure good-night and she went into the house but she watched him from behind the curtain until he was quite gone then she came flying out again and made her way hastily toward the quarters whither she knew her maid dealy had gone to spend the evening when she had brought her to the big house she exclaimed breathlessly oh dealy dealy i'm in such trouble do tell we what is the matter now oh nelson spencer has been here and miss emily dealy broke in you've been con on wid dat man again why dealy how can you say such things carryin on indeed i was only trying to put him in his place by making him ridiculous but i gave him my slipper and he-he kept it he got yo slipper miss emily don't tell me dat oh what shall i do dealy what shall i do suppose robert should go there and see it on his bureau or somewhere you know they are such friends what would he say he'd be bound to recognize it you know they are the ones with the silver buckles and satin bows that he likes so well one could never explain to robert he's so impetuous dealy don't stand there that way you must help me what shall i do miss emily i reckon you'd better go and have your pa frail dat slipper outen him what papa why i wouldn't have him to know anything about it for the world why well, it ain't your fault miss emily you in de rights of the thing oh yes yes i know but a thing like that is so hard to explain dealy you must get that slipper how am i goin to i don't know you'll have to find some way you'll find some way to get it before robert comes you will won't you dealy when do mass robert come he'll surely be home in a couple of days and he's mighty curious ain't he if he should happen to come across that slipper in nelson spencer's room all would be over between us oh dealy you must find some way mass nelson spencer is right smart boasful ain't he oh dealy you don't reckon he'd show it to mass robert do you dealy you're saying everything to frighten me don't talk that way miss emily the truth is delight but never mind i'll try and get dat slipper for you oh dealy and you shall have that blue sprigged muslin dress of mine you like so much dealy's eyes gleamed but she answered never you mind about de dress miss emily what we wants is de slipper and the maid departed to think for a long while she thought of everything she knew and canvassed every resource within her power of course she might make love to harry spencer's valet and have him get the prize for her but then she knew that ike would be sure to find that out and get angry with her she might appeal to carrie one of the spencer household but she knew that carrie hated her and would do anything rather than gratify her slightest wish for carrie herself had an eye on ike then might she not steal it herself but how to effect an entrance to the room of her mistress enemy lord bless me she exclaimed suddenly her eyes brightening i done forget young mass roger i spec he'll be snoopin round some place to-morrow now dealy knew that nelson spencer had a brother a reckless disobedient boy 
who had just arrived at the unspeakable age something in this knowledge or rather in the sudden recollection sent her flying to the kitchen where for something over two hours she braved aunt hester's maledictions while she baked heap upon heap of crisp sweet cakes when hot and tired she had finished and placed them in a cloth-covered jar she chuckled to herself with the remark no if that don't fetch dat slipper i reckon miss emily better look out for another gallant but i know dat boy on the following morning the maid carrying a bulging bag wandered out in the direction of the spencer place hoping to meet young roger somewhere in the open air on his pony or nosing about the woods on foot she had said that she knew that boy and she did roger was a boy with a precocious appetite he might be backward in everything else but his ability to consume food was large beyond his years he lived to eat he went into the house to browse and came out of it to forage he was insatiable when kitchen and orchard had done their part in vain he had recourse to roots of the field and strange unaccountable plants which would have proved his death but for the intervention of that providence which is popularly supposed to take care of three certain irresponsible classes of humanity dilly was not mistaken in thinking he would be snooping about somewhere for it was not long before she saw him walking along the road munching an apple and looking for more food she hastened to catch up with him and like a sensible girl approached him from the windward side howdy roger said dilly invitingly hello dilly where you goin i don't know where you goin eyeing the bag dilly must have put ginger into those sweet cakes and roger's scent was keen oh i'm just walkin around what you got in your bag now just listen at that child exclaimed dilly with a well-feigned surprise and admiration now who'd a thought you'd take notice of dis yah old bag never you mind what i got in dis bag seems like i smell something good don't bother me roger i ain't got no time to fool wid you seems to me like you always want to be eatin something then it is eatin dilly who said so dat's what i want to know who said so why you did you did that too roger cried gleefully did i well law sakes who'd i even thought of me givin myself away dat away i must be gettin right rattlebrain i don't believe i said it oh yes you did let's see dilly do let's see oh i dasn't said the dissembler hit's something fine roger fairly danced with excitement do do he pleaded just one little peep i'm feared you'll want to eat some oh no i won't please let me look dilly carefully opened the mouth of the bag and slowly inclined it toward the eager boy even before the brown beauty of the cakes broke in the boy's sight the fragrant odor of them had reached his nostrils then he saw them just one flash of russet and gold and the maid closed the bag with a jerk but not before she was aware that she had a willing slave at her feet oh dilly the boy gasped well i must be getting long now dilly just one oh dilly now what did i tell you didn't i say you'd be wantin one i can't stop to bother wid you dese is luck cakes luck cakes roger's curiosity for the moment almost overcame his hunger what's luck cakes miss emily's diplomat took one of them from the bag you see dis yah cake she said holding it dangerously near roger's nose while his hands twitched you see dis yah cake well if you go out of a mornin wid a bag of dese and ef anybody can bring you an unmatched slipper before days all et up you has luck for de rest o yo life and a pussin what brings de slipper gets de rest of de cakes gets them all dilly asked roger faintly all dat's left ain't you eatin yourself dilly no i ain't lowed to eat em it'll spile de charm just then dilly let the golden cake drop in his hand when the last crumb had disappeared he asked dilly what's an unmatched slipper why it's one dat ain't got no mate of course just a one-footed slipper oh i can get you one you de very idea yes i can too mamma has lots of odd ones no no said dilly hastily you mustn't get your mammies no indeedy dat you'd spile de charm 
charms are funny things ain't they said the boy mighty funny mighty funny you never know where dey goin to break up but bout this charm and she handed him another cake you mustn't get the slip of no lady what belongs to you nor of no man nur you mustn't let nobody know dat you taken it for dat ud break de charm too the best way is to go in yo brother nelson's room and look around right shop and maybe you might find a little weenchy slipper wid ribbons or somethin on it and dat'll be de luck slipper oh exclaimed roger i know there couldn't be such a slipper in brother nelson's room Dealey paused dramatically and closed her bag well i got to be goin she said i must find somebody else to bring me de luck slipper i'll go Dealey. i'll go cried roger starting but Dealey promised you won't let anybody else eat those cakes it might spoil the charm well i'll give you another one just for strength and she laughed a laugh of triumph as the boy sped away i allow if there's any slipper there he'll find it long he's he smelled this here cakes in his mind Dealey had not long to wait for her courier pretty soon he came bounding toward her waving something in his hand he was radiant i found it Dealey. i found it just as you said it was on the bureau now i may have the cakes mayn't i it's de luck slipper thank goodness said Dealey solemnly as she eagerly clutched the missing piece of footwear now i may have the cakes mayn't i roger was dancing again yes if you'll promise you'll never never tell said Dealey. so's twill not break the charm help me die Dealey then she poured the cakes on the ground beside him and leaving him to his joy went home laughing to her mistress how did you get it Dealey? asked her mistress clasping her accusing shoe oh i woke my charms Dealey replied miss emily was walking along the road that evening with thoughtful eyes cast on the ground she knew that nelson spencer was behind her what are you looking for he asked as he overtook her a flower she said a flower what particular one a lady slipper aren't you a little far south for it his house was to the north i think i have found it she said facing him and planting both feet firmly within sight spencer looked down and bowing low passed on but she could see the flush that started in his brow spreading from cheek to neck and she laughed cheerily nelson spencer went home to say unrepeatable things to his valet the butler the housekeeper and carry the maid in fact everybody except roger who was at the time suffering the pangs of precocious indigestion End of section sixteen